to be honest, that's a lesson I think you can take at any age is to start where you can with what you have. Because I had a one $252 paycheck and I wasn't necessarily in a financial position after that first deposit to make a lot more deposits because my job was only for the summer. But when I got to college, when I was in high school and I had babysitting gigs, I would save some of my money from babysitting. I would save my coins. So, you know, nowadays you have Acorns, you have Digit, all these apps that'll save coins for you. But I physically saved coins. And then my mom and I would wrap the coins every December and make a trip to the bank. And so if I save 75 bucks in coins one year, that would be the deposit that I put into my retirement account for that year. And I, I kept doing that until I could afford to contribute more. Well, that, that is definitely great. And I feel like that's definitely a great point. And why would you say it's so is important? And you mentioned two things that I want to talk about. Why would you say it's important, one, to start where you are? Because oftentimes, you know, especially in the minority community, we always think, okay, I need to work, work, work. I need to get to a certain level. Um, so that's one part. Or, you know, what you just mentioned is that oftentimes, like, even at 16, he was able to delay the gratification. He wasn't able to quickly spend. So either, you know, people on that one side where they think they need to get to the same level or they need to like, oh my God, there's all this money I need to spend. So how were you able to get that and understand that at a young age? I just knew better. I... You know, from five years old, when my mom took me to the bank to open a bank account, she taught me if you get $10, you, you tied some of it you or save some of it, you um, can spend some of it and then make sure that you plan it out. So I was the kid who always had money, always, always. Like my, my friends in high school would be like, how can you afford to like, treat yourself to stuff in the mall or go out to the movies and like not have an allowance. And I said, because I work and then I save it. And I knew that I didn't have a lot. So it, I had to make wise decisions because nobody was going to come and replenish my bank if I spent. And, but I knew from what I experienced that when I saved up my money, I was able to do more things. So I was always about the next big thing. I was not really distracted by the small distractions or attempts to spend money during the week on stuff that I really didn't need, right? And I kind of kept that with me beyond high school. I did it in college too, because when I was in college, my first two years, I worked two jobs and went to school full-time because my scholarships didn't cover my education. But I kept applying for scholarships in college until I got a free ride my third year. So when I got a full ride, I didn't know what to do with myself because now I didn't have to work. My school was going to be paid for it. And I had a small stipend to cover travel home each year. And I almost went crazy because I was like, who is the Kwanya who doesn't work two jobs, who's able to volunteer, who has money to not worry about school? You know, that was that was foreign to me. So I think everyone can do it. They just have to have the mindset that it's better for me if I wait, or there's a better return if I wait. And then the second thing you mentioned, um, it's important to know you can't save yourself to wealth. You have to invest. That's why I knew that if I wanted to retire early, I can't just wake up 
and say, oh, one day I'll save for that. One day I'll save for that. Because then you never save for it. But if you commit to do one transaction today and then you see what you can do tomorrow and then you see what you can do after that, you'll constantly be contributing to your goal. And the money has nothing to do but grow. And I still have the Roth IRA. Um, I was actually able to use some of that money to purchase my first house because the IRS allows you to take money out of Roth IRAs to buy a house. So I also was able to leverage something in my 30s that I started in my teens. And that's priceless. Now that that is priceless. That was now that's a great investment when you look at it. 14 years or so. Now mm-hmm. that is definitely a great investment. So my next question is, you know, what led you to stay so focused on helping people specifically with life insurance and invest in real estate? That's a good question. So it it really started for me in 2015 as a goal to help people save $500. Because I, my job at the time had sent me to Dubai for three years and my family and I lived in the United Arab Emirates from 2012 to 2015. And when we came home, I'm trying to adjust to being back in the US. Now I have two kids, I left with one and I'm getting into like, what's going on? What have I missed? And I remember reading an article that said, most Americans don't have $500 saved for an emergency. And I, and I thought that was the craziest thing. I said, how do you not have $500? Like, what is it that's causing people not to reach that goal? And the article had said $500 is the amount that it takes for someone's budget to be wrecked, someone's emergency car repair to offset them so much they have to go to payday loans. And that's the spiral they can't get out of because Back then, predatory payday loans were and still are like the worst. So I started on Facebook a savings challenge that I had found at my own bank that basically was like, if you save a dollar more a week than you did last week, you can save $1,300 by the end of the year. But because I'd started in June, we had enough weeks left to save $500. So I started out week one hey, everybody save a dollar. Week two, hey, everybody save $2. Week three, et cetera, et cetera. And people started catching on. Like, oh, I'm, I'm working or when's the next update? And you know, then I would ask people, what are you saving your money towards? And most people were like, Christmas. I decided to save early for Christmas gifts. So I said to myself, hey, I kind of like this, helping people save and talking about money. And then I provided other tips too. And so I was talking to my own financial advisor about GoFundMe. And I was like, it really bothers me that GoFundMe is the solution for so many people of color to pay for a funeral. And life insurance is so affordable, right? As long as you're young, you're healthy or reasonable. So he was telling me like, oh, you should get licensed. It's pretty easy. You know, take a test. You're going to have to study. I studied really hard because I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. I like to study hard, go hard. I didn't want to take the test more than once. And most of the tests I've taken in my life, that's all it took. 
pass the first time and be done. I didn't want it to be different with life insurance. So I studied, I took my, I went back to the library, I focused, I passed. And then I made it my mission that if I don't do anything else, I'm going to help Black families get life insurance so they do not have to be on GoFundMe to raise money for funerals. Wow, that, that, that is that is amazing. And it's funny you talk about GoFundMe because um, it's always interesting, like, you know, as, as young as I am, 24, it's always interesting and why that was always the first resource that people go to, especially in the community, like, oh, and everybody send a link out and, you know, sometimes it could be a scam and, you know, you have to be mindful of that. So it's just like, and it's very interesting, even now, you know, people still are very skeptical about life insurance and things like that. So, so I guess my question to you is, why would you say life insurance is important and why someone should have life insurance? Life insurance is important because for a young person like you, 24 years old, I have clients paying 10, 15, $20 a month for $100,000, $200,000 policy. It is term, so term insurance is temporary, it does expire, but it is the type of insurance that is the lowest cost, gives you the highest death benefit. And if you can spend money to go to happy hour, you can spend money to get life insurance. Now, permanent life insurance, which is the other type that exists, and I've used it to build wealth as well, that's what I've used to invest in real estate, it costs more. So it is more expensive. And that's because it's guaranteed to be paid out. So the companies are charging more for you to get it. But it's a good product for certain people, depending on their health and their situation. But the main reason that life insurance is so invaluable is because it is a guaranteed way to leave a legacy. Life insurance is inherited tax-free by your family when they do inherit the money. So that's money that they can get to help support their lifestyle, the one you work so hard to create so that your kids, your spouse can continue to live and grieve, but not have to worry about finances. Because who wants to cry and be sad about you not being here and then also have to think about how are we going to pay for this funeral? And then after the funeral, how are we going to pay this mortgage? And how are we going to feed the kids? Because if you've been living off a two-income household, how do you keep doing that if you don't have life insurance? If you are a single mom, how do your kids eat? Who takes care of them? Most family members who take over the care of other children for whatever reason do not necessarily have the finances to take on children. Maybe that's why they don't have children. Or maybe they have their own children and now they're taking care of your children. So my rule of thumb is if there is anyone that depends on you for income, you need life insurance. So single people need it too. You may not have your own children, but do your parents ask you for money? Do your siblings ask you for money? Are you paying somebody's rent or college tuition, a godchild or a niece or a nephew? If that is you, you need life insurance and you don't have to go for the most expensive type. You can go for term. You can have some coverage so that at least if something happens to you, your family doesn't have to figure out the finances. 
Um, because even when you have GoFundMe, a lot of times that's still just to cover a funeral. That's not going to maintain the lifestyle that the kids still have to live. And I would never want my family to have to move out of the house that I raised them in because now my husband can't afford it without my income, you know? So that's the main reason. But other than that, um, life insurance is actually the cheapest way to settle some of your final bills, your final tax bill. People think when they die, Uncle Sam doesn't want your last tax bill. <laughs> that is not true. You have to file taxes. And sometimes you owe. And where's that money coming from? So I always tell people, if you can't name three people in your family that you could call up right now and ask for $20,000 and they would give it to you and not expect anything in return, no, no repayment, then you probably need life insurance at a minimum to cover your funeral expenses. Because most family members do not have someone who's just going to shell out $20,000 for a funeral. Uh, you're that, you're, you're 100% right on that. And it's funny you mentioned the 20000 because I just read an article last week and it says, I think it's like 34% or 44% of African-Americans who are saving for retirement only have the average account of 20000 So they only have an average account of 20000 for retirement. They definitely don't have 20000 to give if you pass away. And I definitely love how you explain the whole process of why you need life insurance. And I definitely want to go on because you say you use whole life insurance um, to build wealth. So how can one use life insurance as a tool to build wealth? That's an excellent question. And I'm going to give the short version because I'm actually teaching a live course about this right now because it is a strategy to it and it does take some knowledge and education before you jump out there. But long story short, get permanent life insurance. So the type, the type that doesn't expire but also the type that earns interest or dividends. Uh, whole life insurance is a type of permanent insurance, but the strategy that I use to invest in real estate, I actually recommend you use index universal life policies, which is like a cousin of whole life. It's, they're all permanent insurance, but they're different types. And I like um, index universal life because it earns interest, but it's not invested in the stock market. So you're not susceptible to any volatility to stock market. The cash that you have in the policy tends to not lose value, but it has the potential to earn almost 12% return. And it's accessible to you while you're alive. So this is the product that most people think I have to die to use my life insurance. And they're like, no, you can actually use it while you're alive. You can take the cash out of it. You can utilize that to do down payments on housing. You can utilize that to create your own bank. So in my particular case, my husband and I took 40,000 out of a life insurance policy and we invested in three properties in one year. One was a home for ourselves. One was a home for my mother-in-law and one was a rental property that produced cash flow. And so when you're using the money to invest in other assets that appreciate, that create cash flow, you are then leveraging life insurance. And what we ended up doing was taking advantage of the cash flow of the rental and eventually selling it to another investor. 
um, two years later. So we had two years of cash flow and then we got to sell at a profit. Then obviously we're still in our own home, but that one investment has already paid for itself because our house appreciated significantly in just five years. And now I can't even afford to buy my house because it's, it's just so expensive that I'm like, I would never leave because yeah, I would get a lot of money for it, but the market is so crazy that to buy another house, I'd need to go into a whole nother tax bracket. So I'm going to sit in this house, enjoy this appreciation. And when I'm ready to sell, I know that I'm going to have more than enough extra, right? So um, one of the things you can do is utilize those, the money in life insurance to invest in other assets that appreciate, that create cash flow. You can choose to put the money back into the policy if you want to, but you don't have to. If you decide not to return the money, they just take it out of the death benefit. So that's the money that goes to your family when you do die. They will just take it out of the death benefit. 